0: Welcome to the Under Eight Podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes. At the time of recording, it is just after midnight on Friday, November 10th. It is 2 AM. My name is Josh malnix on today's pod, a pair of top 25 matchups in women's hoops, including a Caitlin Clark 40 bomb and the Aidan Mahaney show in Moraga. It's all right here, right now on the Under Eight Podcast. Josh Doring is here with me. Josh, Aiden Mahaney did his best to keep up with the scoring of New Mexico for large portions of the first half of their win in California this evening. St. Mary's 72-58 over the Lobos in uh, a matchup that was slightly more demanding than the one they played in their opening matchup.
1: Yeah, and somehow he only tied his career high with 25 points. There you go. I think it must've had something like 16 minutes left. He went to the free throw line with a chance to get to 26 and he missed the second free throw, if I remember correctly. And then he didn't score again. So he could have had 35 easily. And then, you know, he didn't need to play large portions of the second half and they had the bench out there by the end. And he was absolutely spectacular. And the, The thing that I love about him and the way he handled this game that it's an area of growth from year one to year two is he made really good decisions with the basketball. It's not like he was forcing his shot. He just happened to get himself a lot of good looks. But I was very impressed with what he did with the ball in his hands outside of a couple possessions, in addition to, obviously, the stat line.
0: Yeah, he watching him create shots for himself is just a blast. He's he's pretty he's almost too crafty for his own good sometimes. Kind of what you're talking about a little bit, and where there's some poor shot selection at times and it feels like he's trying to do too much. He's just I, I think it's almost a he's too good for his own good sometimes because he's just so crafty, whether it's a you know, a floater or just being able to finish at the rim in a way that you're not really expecting him to. And of course we know about the playmaking and the shooting and all of those things, but he um, he's, he's just so gifted when it comes to finding the right spot that it's, it's a blast to watch. I'll be curious as St. Mary's gets deeper into their schedule and it, when they play teams that are really athletic and, and can pressure that backcourt in a real way, I'll be um, I'll be curious to see how they handle that, but they are they look the part as a as a team that that could beat Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference you know regular season race and be one of the best mid majors in the country.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean maybe you would like to see a little bit less reliance on Mahaney, but they continued to do fine in the second half without him scoring a bunch of points. So on the the New Mexico side, real quick. That rebuilt front court, definitely a work in progress. Mm -hmm. They got hammered on the boards. St. Mary's got all kinds of second-chance points. There's some work to do there for Richard Pitino. And the the other part of this is Jalen House wasn't out there. Jamal Mashburn couldn't buy a bucket. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When those two things are happening at the same time, (laughs) you end up with under 60 points. Yeah. They needed Mashburn to be really good to have a chance to win this game with House not being available. Mashburn had a really poor game, and mm-hmm. they just didn't have – I mean, they made it sort of mildly interesting for a couple mm-hmm. minutes there in the second half that maybe they could put the run together after they put the run together to get in position to put the run together. But other than that, it was it was comprehensive, and it's, it's going to be a, a good win for St. Mary's ultimately – that they really didn't have to work that hard for. So it's kind of an added bonus there.
0: Yeah, you know, it's a team that when you go down their roster, you see a lot of graduates, a lot of senior, you know, grad students, a lot of seniors, grad transfers. You see there's a ton of of proven college basketball production, but it also it's also a team that you look at their departures and their, their newcomers, and there's a lot going on there as well. So, you know, Richard Pitino has talked about how they can still be old this year but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're cohesive yet and i think i think you definitely saw that uh at times against the saint mary's team that they would need to be clicking on all cylinders to to uh really challenge late in the game the rest of the show is on the women's side there wasn't a ton going on in the on the men's side on this particular night all of the ranked teams that played for the most part took care of business. So, but we did have a a pair of, of really, really good top 25 matchups on the women's side of thing, side of things, starting with a Caitlin Clark 40 bomb and an 80 point an 80, 76 win over the Virginia tech Hokies, Caitlin Clark, 44 points, six assists, eight rebounds, it took a lot of shots to get there, Josh. Thirteen of thirty-one, five of five of sixteen from the three-point line. But forty-four is is forty-four, no matter how you draw it up. And it was it was efficient enough that uh, they were able to get the job done over a top ten team.
1: Yeah, two teams that made the final four last year, obviously. And to me, this game really changed when Iowa started making threes. Mm. It was brutal for a while. <laughs> And, you know, Caitlin Clark was drawing fouls all over the place, getting to the free throw line. They were still very much in the game. But in the second half, they started hitting threes. And then Georgia Moore cools off a little bit. And Elizabeth Kitley doesn't really get going until the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, Yes. Virginia Tech made enough threes to continue to hang around, but it felt like they were just trying to hang on in the second half to me that they had to keep hitting those threes to keep themselves within three points, five points, whatever it was. And ultimately it just wasn't quite enough, but you you did have three potential All-Americans in this game and two of them, the guards showed you why Georgia Moore was absolutely fantastic. Had some kind of cramping. It looked like by the end, but still hit another three to give him a chance Mm-hmm. And obviously, Caitlin Clark's stat line speaks for itself. So, really fun game, and the guard play was fantastic for both teams.
0: Yeah, Giorgio Moore hitting, kind of to the point you're making about about Virginia Tech trying to hold on and 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 keep. You know, Georgia Moore makes a makes a three that you know, the game kind of feels like it's over. They're down by six and she hits another three and it's, you know, five and a half seconds left or whatever. And they're only down by three again. And Caitlin Clark's probably going to go to the line and make at least one, if they can just get the ball to her, which is exactly what they do. And they, you know, end up losing by four, but that kind of felt like that was indicative of the, of the fourth quarter kind of, kind of as a whole, it's like, okay, we're, we're kind of keeping pace. We're kind of keeping pace, but we're also just, just not not quite there i am i'm constantly kind of torn between because quite frankly i don't love seeing seeing a box score shape shaped like this i don't i don't love it i mean it looks very similar to like the one that we had with tyson walker and michigan state and they're in their James Madison game but this you know Iowa beat a top 10 team and Michigan State lost to James Madison so I can't be too upset about it and that's you know they came up one win short of a national title last year so clearly Caitlin Clark is incredibly special and it's and it's more than good enough to get Iowa where they want to be it's still a little bit striking to see you know 3 of the of the 9 players that take the took the floor have zero points and two more, you know, combining for a total of six points and they're still being a top 10 team in the country.
1: Yeah. It's definitely something that's interesting that we need to talk about more as the season goes on. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick, this was, I was one big non-conference game. You've Mm -hmm. got a couple matchups against big 12 teams, but not the, what are expected to be kind of the conference standard bearers. So, this was your your one big time showcase before and they're going to get tested in the big 10 definitely but before Plenty. we get to that point this was this was the one took advantage got the win wasn't pretty from start to finish but ultimately to me they're deserving winners
0: previous in the evening earlier in the evening was florida state and tennessee Florida state jumping out to a, a big lead 34 20 after one quarter, but Tennessee just kind of kept chipping away, chipping away. They won the second quarter by six, the third quarter by 10, and you had a very close game coming down the stretch and a, more, uh, really, really nice individual performances in this one.
1: Yeah. 37, 31 and 17 for Rakia Jackson. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Sure. <laughs> and, unfortunately missed the game winner, had some opportunities late, just couldn't complete the comeback. And, you know, good, good for Florida state. It's your first top 25 non-con win since 2019. And it was a sort of a strange looking at the, the box score is always interesting for games like this and trying to figure out kind of what maybe made the difference. And you've got, you know, Tennessee winning the rebounding battle 47 to 28, but Florida mm-hmm. state making two more threes well, and two more, Free throws, being a little bit more efficient there, and ten, but then Tennessee's got this eighteen eleven edge in turnovers, so it really just kind of all balanced out in the end. There were cl- some clear advantages and disadvantages for both teams, but in the end, it all sort of balanced out, and it came down to a couple plays at the end, and Florida State was able to make the ones they needed to to get the win. 91 ninety
0: one, two really high level top twenty five matchups on the women's side of things anything else we need to get to from what happened on the courts this evening before we uh set the stage for us a loaded friday night
1: no let's get to it
0: the the four best games this weekend all of them are tomorrow night at least for at least for my money um of course, you have the headline. The headline tomorrow night is at Cameron Indoor Stadium, number two Duke hosting Caleb Love and number 12 Arizona. That's on That's on Friday at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Strangely, you know, a game that, you know, it, it's not so often that a team not in the ACC is going to walk into Cameron Indoor and have a guy that is comfortable and has won there before. And that's exactly what Arizona is going to have tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, it'll
0: be weird it'll be it'll be very weird uh virginia versus florida two two teams that are not ranked uh in the top 25 right now but still a high major matchup in charlotte as part of the hall of fame series that's at 7 p.m on acc network also on friday on peacock because that's a thing uh number nine tennessee at wisconsin that's a game that uh, on the right night can be a final score of like 45 to 43. We'll see what we'll see what it brings tomorrow night. At least Tennessee, I feel like has there's there some, there's there some reasons to believe that maybe Tennessee doesn't quite have that poor of a performance offensively in them anymore with guys like Dalton connect on that team. But we shall see it, it could be a, it could be a 51, 50, 50 type of type of basketball game, but that's a good one on Peacock at the Cole center. And then a sneaky one, I think, you know, we've, we had Gonzaga in the news yesterday with the the news of steel venters and a Yale team that is the favorite in the Ivy league. That's at nine o'clock on ESPN plus a, a good test for, for both teams, but a Yale could get a signature win on the road if they were to steal that one.
1: Yeah, really, really good Friday night, which you don't usually get, so this is exciting.
0: Very, very exciting. Josh, anything else?
1: No, I'm ready to get out of here.
0: Thank you so much for being a part of the first week of the Under 8 Podcast. We'll be back on Sunday evening to recap the weekend that was and get ready for another week of college hoops that's the under eight podcast for thursday november 9th recorded just after midnight 12 15 a.m on november 10th be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows and follow the under eight pod on twitter TikTok, and youtube thank you so much for being here and we will see you on sunday night